your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLogo and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so is free and ensures you never miss another episode. You can also catch up on all the previous episodes in case there's another interview you want to see or there's some special content you're looking for in particular. Plus, we just really appreciate it. Tonight's programming is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. On tonight's podcast, we have a couple of different things to discuss. Um, but we're actually going to talk about Winnipeg versus Montreal Game 2, but that's going to come later in the episode. I felt like there was some relevant news to share to begin with, and of course you all know about it by now, so let's just get it over with. Mark Shifley's been suspended four games by the Department of Player Safety. They had an interesting interpretation on the whole video footage, and they gave a pretty detailed explanation, which you can find, I believe, from their, their Player Safety website or um, on their social media feeds. But basically, they felt like Shifley tracked back the whole 200 feet on the ice and ended up trying to take down Evans without respect for playing the puck or actually playing a, uh, a legal hit on him, which, you know, part of that, there are parts of that that I do agree with. I think, you know, Shifley was definitely looking for the hit. I don't think that there was much in the way of him looking to separate um, Evans from the puck. It did seem like Shifley recognized Evans was going to score anyways. The only thing that I probably wasn't 100% with was the 200-foot comment kind of thing, because I felt like Shifley wasn't actually trying to go for the hit initially. He was looking for tracking back to stop the empty net goal and trying to score and tie the game. But he did actually make the decision to go for the hit with enough time where it's like, well, yeah, he may not have gone 200 feet, but he definitely made the decision for an illegal check towards the end of that little shift. Shifley's absence is obviously going to be a major talking point for the Jets going forward. He's basically out for almost the entire series. Four games is probably going to involve at least 80% of the series, if not 90%, hopefully not 100% remaining. We'd certainly like the Jets to be playing more than just a couple more games, but obviously without Shifley, things are looking a little rough. Dylan DeMello, we still don't know his status. He wasn't seen skating today. Stastny finally rejoined for practice, but it doesn't seem like he'll be getting into the lineup unless there's some surprise and, you know, maybe he actually goes back in somehow. Jordy Ben is drawing in for uh, Dylan DeMello in the meantime, which I, I can't really say is an upgrade, unfortunately. De you know, Ben's going to try his best, but DeMello was probably one of our most important blue line skaters other than like Neil Pionk. I really feel like his absence is going to have a significant alteration on the deployments and the time on ice splits, which for the Jets, it's not going to be great. You never want to suggest that somebody's going to be an active drag on your team, especially when they're playing for you, but unfortunately for Ben, he's not had a bunch of great outings so far. There are times when he can be like a competent third-pairing guy, but, you know, playing in an elevated role, which he might do tonight, unless Morrissey Pullman is the first pairing, it's just not going to be great, I don't think. So, you know, cross your fingers, hope for the best. I guess Montreal is maybe the one team that you can kind of get away with at least a little bit of loose defensiveness against. But by the same token, I thought Winnipeg's effort in the first game was kind of middling, so, you know, I'm not really 100% confident in it. Stastny's injury is also a problem, especially down the middle. 
you know, the Jets are already going to be thin without uh, Mark Shifley, and Stastny would have been the natural replacement on that first line. I don't know if I would have gone that route necessarily, but, you know, Stastny at least somewhere in, in the, the top two lines had to be the middle anchor center. Without him, I'm not really sure what these lines are going to look like. It does seem like Veselainen, Harkins, and somebody else was drawing in for the forwards tonight. So there's a lot of replacements. You know, the Jets are basically going to look like a modified version of the Moose, which, you know, I'm, I'm only half joking, but also by the same token, eh, it's maybe a bit more closer than I'd like to admit. I don't know what's going to happen in tonight's game. You know, there may be like a code fight after the whole situation on, uh, on what was it, Tuesday? Um, actually, no, sorry, Wednesday. And, you know, obviously for the Jets, Lowry will probably take that fight and kind of get it over with. It does seem like the suspension may play a positive role. Certainly, you know, they were talking about being a bit tough on Shifley, the Montreal Canadiens, where I should specify, um, which is not surprising. You would expect them to kind of get in, in Shifley's face. I don't think Edmondson meant that they were going to, like, try to decapitate him or anything, but certainly they were going to give him a rough ride, which you would expect. This suspension maybe changes that behavior and thinking a little bit. Hopefully the Jets and Habs actually play like a clean hockey game. I think both teams would prefer to move beyond it. They don't want to see another Jake Evans lying on the ice unconscious again. And frankly, the Jets need to have a big response game. I wasn't really all that impressed with their effort on Wednesday. You know, the comeback effort was decent, but, you know, you can't go almost 60 minutes and not really have much of an offensive showing to show for it. The Jets just have to be better. And even when they were at full strength, you know, the first few shifts against Montreal were a disaster, especially defensively. So I, I would like the Jets to be tighter. I don't know if it's going to happen. If Tomas Tatar returns to the lineup, it's going to be even harder for the Jets to actually create space and attack, especially trying to get past Tatar because he's such a really good forward, really versatile, and he's extremely good at creating offensive opportunities down low. He's probably one of Montreal's best attackers, so I, I'm not really excited to think about the possibility of him returning. If Tusharm still benches him for some reason, that's just baffling to me because Tatar is so creative and so good. But, you know, Tusharm, still a young coach, still trying to figure out how to make his way at the NHL level. While he's got a decent amount of pro-level experience, he hasn't really coached at the NHL level yet. And while he is still adjusting and learning on the job, he still has a lot of blind spots. You know, if um, that defense could probably use a little bit of a youth injection we mentioned on the previous episode in conjunction with Locked On Canadians. Scott and Laura were discussing the possibility of Alexander Romanov returning in the series, which he hasn't played at all uh, in the past couple of weeks. So if he comes in, he'd be a really young, really youthful, really fast and skilled addition. Defensively, he's still a work in progress, but certainly in the offensive side of things, very good at moving the puck. He's got a pretty dangerous shot. And he would add yet another layer of offensive pressure against the Jets, which Winnipeg frankly can't afford to see. So, yeah, I, I'm a little bit nervous about tonight. I'm kind of curious to know how both teams respond. The Jets just need to be good. I mean, they haven't been impressive throughout most of the postseason. If Hellebuck isn't perfect again and the Jets are bad, the team is toast. So they kind of need to give him some support. He's been carrying this team for months now. It'd be nice if they could do the same. In just a little bit, we'll actually take a look at some of the early proceedings from tonight's game, give you some early first and maybe second period thoughts. Before then, though, I wanted to talk to you about stonks, memes, and rocket ships. Day trading. What does any of that mean? If you want to unpack these memes and concepts and actually understand how to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Investing can be complicated. Whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. There's no manual trading, no picking stocks, no anxiously watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. 
Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNHL to start growing your savings. Don't forget, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL and get started today. For those of you who are longtime listeners of this podcast, by now you know that I'm personally a huge fan of Built Bars. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, Built Bars are the best tasting protein bars on the market. They're more like a candy bar with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. They come in nine delicious flavors including coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. But you should always keep checking back at BuiltBar.com or subscribe to one of their newsletters or social media channels so you stay up to date when they drop one of their limited edition, limited quantity, super secret special flavors. Let me tell you, they're all fantastic. I've had some of them like uh, Churro Puff and some of the other flavors. You will love them. And more than that, you'll love just how good they are for you. With most Bill Bars clocking in at around 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, and 17 to 18 grams of protein. They're perfect for every lifestyle and need. To place your order right now, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 at checkout and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Order today and try the best tasting protein bar on the market. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are uh, talking about Montreal versus Winnipeg. I thought that I would maybe not cover the entire game in one episode, you know, just a couple of segments, but, well... The Jets didn't really give me much to talk about. If he somehow made it through this game without falling asleep, I applaud you, because the Jets basically put everyone into a state of eternal rest. I've seen some bad hockey games, and that was among one of the most atrociously boring games I've ever watched in my entire life. The only goal in the entire game was a shorty from Tyler Toffoli, so yeah. The Jets lost, and I think there were a couple of things that you could say... Or maybe notes for the rest of the series. I don't even know if it matters, to be honest. You know, the Jets, the the top lines, I thought, really weren't all that effective. Pierre-Luc Dubois got promoted to the first line for some reason. Honestly, Dubois, you know, I'm I'm kind of running out of time for him. I, I feel like there's a version of him that the Jets have yet to unlock that's going to be very good, but I don't know if he's actually going to do it here in Winnipeg. He doesn't seem comfortable. He's struggling to adapt, and all of his decisions tend to go really wrong. The way I would think of him is like... Julian Brandt from Borussia Dortmund, uh, another really technically gifted player, but, you know, his decision-making and IQ both seem to be really questionable. While they will have some moments where those players shine, and a couple of really good plays here and there, for the most part, the rest of their sample size tends not to be all that impressive. Christian Veselainen also got into the top six as a member of the second line, and yeah, he looked in over his head a bit. I wasn't really impressed with him. I can't really get mad at Veselainen, he hasn't really played recently, and he was asked to do a pretty big role. Long term, I'm sure he'll be a fine NHLer, but certainly right now I don't think he's what the Jets need, especially in the top six. I might have given Mason Appleton a run there instead, I don't really know if it matters again. I think the uh, the biggest frustration was definitely the defense. You know, Mark Scheifele going down and, and Paul Stastny also going out, those two uh, were, were huge losses. You know, Shifley's suspension is going to be for pretty much the rest of the series, so Winnipeg basically has to hope that Paul Stastny is ready to go by games three and four, which, according to the broadcast tonight, is the potential case. It sounds like Stastny might be nearing a return, but I don't know if it's going to matter. You know, the Jets' defense, I I said in the last episode that Dylan DeMello going out was probably a more important loss than just Mark Shifley. DeMello really stabilizes the blue line. 
he anchors the top four, and he helps redistribute the rest of the pairings for ice time. So, DeMello going out was going to throw this blue line into chaos, and the results were actually worse than expected. Winnipeg gave up tons of odd man situations. I felt defensively they turned over the puck a ton. They got pressured and made really sloppy plays. It, it was just honestly almost unwatchable. So, yeah, I would say among the blue liners, the guys who struggled the most were uh, Pullman and, of course, Stanley. Ben's also in that group, which is not really surprising. Pretty much everyone was atrocious in some capacity. Neil Pionk was maybe the only defender who I felt like was having an alright night. Pionk in general, I just really enjoy watching. He's probably one of the few guys that, you know, game after game just seems to give 100% of himself. He was one of the only players tonight that I felt like had a solid effort and was actually contributing positively. The rest of the team, for the most part, other than Connor Hellebuck, just, yeah, not good. Ehlers doesn't look right. Wheeler, you know, while he is capable of, of being an offensive threat at times, especially down low, for the most part, at even strength, just not really doing much. The power play, very stagnant. Morrissey was pretty bad. I wasn't really feeling him tonight. Had a couple of really ugly turnovers and some plays that were just super baffling, in my opinion. Kyle O'Connor, you know, when he's not scoring and, and has some of those defensive issues. Yeah, um, I don't want to rant against the team too much. But I, I just felt like this performance on so many different levels was unacceptable. The craziest thing is that it's not like Montreal was really strong either. You know, the Habs were decent and certainly outcreated the Jets by a pretty fair margin. But you look at the way that they play and like the Jets getting absolutely shelled and not really doing much. It basically made Price's night super easy. Winnipeg settled for point shots. They really weren't getting into the low slot area. There just wasn't much of anything going on. Every time Winnipeg would have some sort of an offensive, like, zone entry or something, you know, immediately Montreal would swarm the puck and, and turn it over because the Jets got caught trying to be too fancy, or they were just really clumsy. Montreal would then counter, and either from a lucky bounce or just a really bad defensive blue line keep from the Jets ended up being a two-on-one the other way. Hellebuck has to stand on his head, and the Jets go again. And, you know, oftentimes after one two-on-one, the Jets would immediately give up another one. So I, I just don't really have any particular feelings about this game. I, I guess in a little bit we'll talk about some adjustments I feel like the Jets could make, but I watched this game and I just felt absolutely nothing. I think the first game for me kind of sucked out a lot of the energy in the series. You know, as soon as Evans went down and the Jets were basically guaranteed to have Shifley suspended and, and just really in a really bad spot, I just didn't feel anything. I was excited about the series coming in and in the span of 60 minutes, the Jets kind of blew it all away. So coming into tonight's game, I didn't really expect anything. I thought the Jets were going to lose. I really wasn't shocked that they got shut out one nothing. I also wasn't surprised that the only goal was actually a shorthanded goal of all things. I just, I feel very apathetic about it at this point, and I'm basically ready for the offseason. I know that a lot of us thought the Jets were done when the Oilers came into town, but, you know, the Jets obviously got through them in a sweep thanks to Connor Hellebuck. The Jets still scored goals and actually made enough plays to get through that series, even if they weren't good. This series, they're just pretty much dead in the water. And with so many pieces out, it finally looks like the, the bad play of the Jets is finally catching up to them. In a moment, we'll talk about whether or not Winnipeg is totally unsalvageable or if there's something that they can do to get back in this series. But before then, I thought I would tell you a little bit about why BetOnline.ag needs to be the only place you do your online betting. When it comes to the wild, wild west of online betting, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time. That's why BetOnline has your back. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball and hockey season are in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. 
Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, international football, and every sport in between. No matter what you're into, BetOnline has you covered. Before the next pitch or face-off, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and enter all the contests your heart desires. Stop sitting on the sidelines and get in on the action as all of your favorite teams begin their playoff quests for glory. Win as they win. To get started, go to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and register for a free account. And when you do, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a matched 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON at registration for a matched 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. Yeah, we're talking about Winnipeg versus Montreal. You probably get the sense that it wasn't a great game. I've talked about, you know, some of the more grittier details, who was performing well, who was really struggling. And I suppose the biggest question now is what comes next? Are the Jets kind of screwed or is there a way back for them in this series? To be honest, I think Winnipeg's fate is sealed. Usually, if you go down 2-0 in a series, especially at home, the odds of you being able to pull off a comeback are, are pretty slim. The series technically isn't over, but I think the Jets just have too many holes to fill in order to get through this series unscathed somehow. And even if the Jets were actually to beat Montreal, you know your reward is either Colorado or or Vegas in the next round, and neither of these teams are squads the Jets have faced. Let's be honest, Colorado looks like an absolute monster. Vegas is only just now figuring out how to slowly contain them, but they're already down 2-0 in the series, so it's not like Vegas has much room for error either. For the Jets, though, they still have to get through Montreal, and that would need, you know, at least Paul Stastny coming back. It does sound like he is an option for Sunday and Monday. I don't know if it really makes a difference. As good as Stastny is, unfortunately, he's not at the level and he's certainly not at the age where he can really carry a top six. You know, he's in the latter parts of his career. He's probably a really good middle six C, but in all likelihood, he will have to play on the first or second line when he comes back. He was already playing second line minutes when he was healthy, so I would imagine that the adjustment isn't going to be significant, but I think the biggest issue for him is that he just isn't super fast. And against Montreal, I think you do need a dose of speed. You can put the Habs under pressure with actual skill and pace, which is something that the Jets do occasionally do at times. I just don't think Stastny is going to move the needle enough. The defense for me is probably the single biggest issue right now. Like, you know, not scoring is already a big enough problem, but the defense giving Montreal so many easy looks, that has to change. And I don't think that there's much of an answer. You know, your best option is probably to bring Heinola back in, maybe sitting Logan Stanley. But, you know, that doesn't really fix the problem of there being maybe two top four NHL defenders on the, on the team right now. Morrissey is is technically like a first pairing guy. He's probably more like a number three or a number four. And then that leaves Pionk, who's been carrying so much of the load. And to be honest, I don't know how much more he can do it. I think he's done enough as is. I think he's probably carried as much of the burden as he's capable of doing. Tonight, he made a miraculous save on an empty net goal to keep the play alive for just a little bit longer because that's Neil Pionk. He simply has no quit. And when he was on the ice, he actually created some really nice offensive opportunities. Now, I don't really want point shots or anything, but if you're going to take them, at least Pionk is the guy you want doing it. Otherwise, that leaves Jordy Ben, Derek Forbort, Tucker Pullman, you know, Logan Stanley. It's just not really a Stanley Cup winning unit. It's barely a, an NHL regular season unit that can survive to make the postseason as it is. I watch Vegas and Colorado play, and it's like watching a totally different sport. You know, the Avs and the Knights are so much faster, so much more skilled, much better puck movement. The Jets tonight simply couldn't complete passes. They failed at stuff that's really basic and fundamental, so I just don't really see what the point in hoping that they advance is. 
I was excited for the series, but to be honest, I suspect this is as far as the Jets go, and I think that's okay. I don't think that's a problem. But this coming off season, the Jets need to be prepared to make a lot of changes. I really feel like Paul Maurice has probably worn out his welcome. It's about time. Overdue, really, to find a coach who can actually make the most of this roster and improvise. I know that Maurice has done a lot for this team. I just don't think he should be the guy behind the bench right now. I also think you need to evaluate the guys on the roster. You know, is this the core that you want to build around? Because there are some players who probably, you know, could move on and help the Jets prepare for their future version of the team. I'd be curious to know who you think should stay and who should go, or if the Jets really shouldn't make any moves at all. Be sure to let me know at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Maybe I'll talk about it on my next episode. For tonight's podcast, though, that will do it. Before you log off, don't forget to check out one of Locked On's other great podcasts. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with a Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite shows. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.